Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Matthew 17, verse 24, it says, When they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the temple tax? He said, Yes. And when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him, saying, What do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes? From their sons or from strangers? Peter said to him, From strangers. Jesus said to him, Then the sons are free. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea. What an interesting, interesting provision here. Nevertheless, go to the sea, cast in a hook, take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. How come Jesus couldn't just, like, produce, like, go out to the sea, cast in your hook. I love this Jesus. He's kind of showing off here, I think, just a little bit. I mean, isn't he, isn't he kind of showing off a little bit? We're going to have fun with this one, Peter. I got a job for you to do. Now, it doesn't say, it doesn't give any more of the story. But, I mean, we assume that's exactly what happened. He went and did what Jesus told him to do. But I think it's interesting that Jesus, the reason Jesus didn't take from their treasury. Because they did have a treasury. Remember, Judas was the one who watched over the purse. And boy, did he ever watch over it. Scripture says he was taken out of it from time to time. So they had enough in there where obviously nobody would notice if some was missing. And Judas regularly. But Jesus didn't say, hey, go get a, get a quarter from Judas or whatever the temple tax was. He said, go to the sea. And I think there's a reason why Jesus did that. There's a reason why he does everything. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 17 for a moment. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Is it okay if we walk through a little bit of Bible tonight? Yeah? 1 Samuel. I want to invite all of you, if you're podcast listeners, to check out Aaron Walker's podcast. It's called To Be Here. To Be Here. And I had the privilege of last night recording with her. And so I'm one of the cool people on her podcast now. And it comes out Friday. But anyway, we had a great time. It's a really very, it's a very encouraging podcast. She interviews different people on a various subject and kind of gets their stories and their wisdom um, on this subject. And, um, and all of it really has to do with being here, living in the now. Um, so I want to commend you for that. You're doing a great job, Aaron. Keep it up. All right. All right, 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to look at verse 22. <clears throat> Are you ready? Yeah. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and came and greeted his brothers. Where are we right now in David's life? Well, um, Israel is at war with the Philistines, and all of David's older brothers are at the battle. And so his father, Jesse, told him, I need you to go and check in on how the battle is going and the welfare of your brothers. Take this bread and cheese and uh, come back and give me a report. Okay, so he's there. 
So he left his supplies and he ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. Verse 23. Then as he talked with him, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. What were those same words? Send me a man that we may fight hand-to-hand combat, one-on-one. And whoever prevails, if we prevail, then Israel will serve us. If Israel's man prevails over me, then we will serve Israel. All right? This, was, uh, this is what he put out for, instead of them just going hand-to-hand, everybody, Goliath had this idea. Right? And nobody was taking him up on his challenge because, why? Because he's nine feet tall. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. Verse 25. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? They're telling David this, okay? Surely he has come up to defy Israel, and it shall be that the man who kills him, the king, will enrich him with great riches, will give him his daughter, and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Now, if you go on in this story, David says, uh, come again. And so they tell him again. And then Eliab sees that David's there and he says, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're here, to, you're here to get the prize, whatever. You've left your few sheep. Man, you're meaningless. And after he says, is there not a cause? And then he turns to them and he asks one more time, what what the winner gets. Whoever beats the giant. And it's three things. Riches, the king's daughter, and tax exemption for his family. That's awesome, isn't it? Now, Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. It opens up and says, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So this is why Jesus says the sons are free. Because David secured tax exemption for his family. Jesus is a direct descendant of David. So he doesn't really legally, technically, have to pay taxes. But you know what's interesting? He did it anyway. He just didn't take it from his own supply. He got it out of a fish's mouth. says, the sons are free. Nevertheless, lest we offend them. Since when is Jesus concerned about offending anybody? Right? Since when is he concerned about that? Seems like he's always offending people, especially the religious leaders. And, but, there's something for us to learn here. I mean, he's the creator. Does he really owe the creation anything? But he humbled himself and he submitted to the ordinance of man, this tax. He, the king of kings, he's the Lord of lords. He doesn't know anybody anything, but yet he submitted himself to the governing authorities, lest they offend them. Interestingly enough, though, he didn't submit himself to the Pharisees, did he? And there's a reason why he didn't, because the Pharisees had taken the law of God and taken it further or perverted it from its original intent. 
And Jesus called him out several times about that. One of those times he said, you tithe, you do all of this stuff. I mean, you're very meticulous on your giving, but then you have left, you've neglected the weightier matters of the law, the whole intent, justice, mercy, and faith. So he's always calling them out. And that's why he didn't submit to them because he was submitted to God. And he never compromised regardless who was offended in that realm. But here, he takes care about it. He's concerned about it, lest we offend them. And then after Jesus was ascended up into heaven, he sat down at the right hand of God, told the disciples to go and wait for the promise of the Father. And we can read that story in Acts chapter 2. As they were all gathered together, the Holy Spirit was poured out on them, and they all began to speak in other tongues, and miracles began to happen from that day forward. And that, that caused a boldness to come upon his disciples, and so they carried on that legacy of submitting to God rather than man. Because in chapter 3 of Acts, Peter and John go to the temple to pray, and on their way there, there was a gate there called Beautiful, and there was a beggar who sat and asked for alms. And Peter said, I don't have what you're asking for, but what I do have, I'm going to give it to you. And he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took the man by the hand and pulled him up. I love what the scripture says. It says, immediately his ankles and his feet received strength. So much so we know because of what happened after, because he not only walked, but he went leaping, walking and leaping and praising God. Some of you were in Sunday school years ago. Walking and leaping. Now this man had been sitting there for decades, decades. He's been begging at that gate. Now all of a sudden he's running and jumping, praising the Lord, going nuts. Well, guess what? The news is spreading real fast and it the news comes to the ears of the religious leaders. So they call in Peter and John to give an account. In chapter 4, this is where that happens. I want us to look down at verse 18 of Acts chapter 4. It says, So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. These guys are so blind. You know, they see that... No doubt, there, this is a notable miracle. Everybody sees it. Everybody has seen that man. They've walked by him for years and years and years. They can see that the man is healed. And yet, they command them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. In other words, come on you got to be kidding me. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So they wouldn't give in to these religious leaders. They wouldn't give in to the pressure because Jesus had told them, in my name, you're going to cast out devils. In my name, you're going to lay hands on the sick. In my name, you're going to speak in new tongues. So they had a mandate from God. They had authority by the name of Jesus. And obviously they did because we see this man healed. And it just emboldened, emboldened them even more. Uh, Caleb, bring up 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2. But, but it doesn't mean that they were not submitted people. They were only submitted to the right thing. All right? These guys aren't just running amok. They've not declared anarchy. Okay? They're standing up for what's right. But Peter teaches us in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. He says, Therefore... Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme, 14, or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. 
So Peter's not just throwing off restraints of submission. He understands by watching Jesus' example, right? What did Jesus say when the Pharisees came to him and said, um, should we pay taxes to Caesar? And Jesus says, hand me a coin. They hand it to him, and he says, whose inscription is this? They said, it's Caesar's. He says, well, then render to Caesar what is his, and to God what is his. So he was fully submitted to the governing system. Peter teaches us that same thing. You need to be able to know when to stand up for the right thing, but also honor the authority that God has established in the earth. Because outside of that, there's chaos. Outside of that, there's chaos. And so God has put a system, and it's not even, here's the thing, it's the authority, it's the position, it's the place. And there might be a knucklehead standing in that authority, right? That you don't care one thing about. But it's not about him or her, it's about that position. Hmm? That we honor the governing authorities. Paul the Apostle in Romans chapter 13, because if you're sitting here tonight, you might think, oh yeah, okay, so that was Jesus and he was sent to the Jews and Peter was a Jew and he was sent to the Jews. But hang on, Paul's going to talk to us now. Our apostle, chapter 13, verse 1. We'll start reading from there. Thank you, Kayla. Let every soul, which, which particular souls are we talking about? Does that mean you? Does every include you? Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. So what Paul is teaching us is these authorities have been put in place by God to help govern. Um, And so we are, in submitting to authority, we're ultimately submitting to him. Okay? Can I get a good amen? amen? I know this isn't amen preaching, because as Americans, we don't like this kind of talk. I'm my own king. Okay, yeah, you are, (laughs) somewhat. I mean, we are the kings of this country. But in the kingdom of God, but we also have a governing authority in this country. Therefore, whoever resists the authority, listen to this, resists the ordinance of God. Ouch. Ouch, ouch, ouch. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works. In other words, they're not there. They're not there to torment the good. Look, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good and you'll have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. (laughs) Why? Because he does not bear the sword in vain. Oh boy. The badge and the gun. Honor the badge. You won't have any issues with the gun. Right? Okay. I'm telling you, the amens are so sporadic in here right now. Watch. He does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister. Yeah, but pastor... That cop was a jerk. Maybe so. But you got to see this the right way. He's God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. An avenger, listen, to execute wrath on him who practices evil. 
All right? These guys ultimately are out to keep us safe. Hmm? And to keep the public in good standing. Now, I know there are those that are out there that are doing the wrong thing. I know there are cheaters, there are liars, there, there are those that are abusing their authority. But that doesn't mean authority's wrong. Right? Authority's from God. Okay? And these who are, who are taking advantage of that abusively, they'll, they'll have their day. Okay? But we've got to remember, ultimately, this authority comes from our Heavenly Father. Therefore, you must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this, here we go. You also pay taxes. Uh, now this part I can't hardly swallow. For they are God's ministers. Attending continually to this very thing. Oh man. That scripture felt like sandpaper. Render therefore to all their due. Taxes to whom taxes are due. Customs to who customs. To whom customs. Fear to whom fear. Honor to whom honor. That is good. That is good. In other words, what this is saying is God has set this system up on the earth and you can live in this system as a believer and be submitted to the authority of government even if the government is perverse. Now, if they tell you to do something ungodly, now that's a whole different deal, isn't it? I feel like paying taxes is ungodly, but... (laughs) Maybe that's another sermon, another time. (laughs) Is it that bad? By the way, Maddie Claire is due, like, really soon. The last... The last update, which was yesterday, they said the 26th would be like the, basically the target date because that baby boy is already eight pounds. Woo. Y'all be praying for her. <laughs> Amen. You know, one thing, um, also, now let's go to Hebrews 13 and I'll, I'll kind of wrap it up with this thought. I know these things are not always easy to hear, but we need to hear these things. They're extremely important. They're important to God. And apparently they're important to our leaders here. These who wrote, inspired by the Holy Spirit to write down the things of God. Hebrews 13 and verse 1. Let brotherly love continue. So here's, right here, this, this is the foundation. Love is always the foundation. Okay? Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Hmm. Remember the prisoners as if chained with them, those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled. Praise God. Should we expound on that tonight? <laughs> No, but fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Let your conduct be without covetousness, or that is the desire for other people's stuff. Matter of fact, covetousness is a, it's an evil, evil thing. It's not just the desire for other stuff. The attitude behind covetousness is, 
It's, all, it's very akin to envy to want their stuff and want them to not have anything. For them to hurt as a result of it or to lack as a result of it. It's extremely ugly. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Isn't that good news? Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, he's with you. Yeah. Whether you have or have not. So be content with what you have because God's with you. So we may boldly say, I love this, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Hmm? Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow considering the outcome of their conduct. So we see a civil matter of authorities, and now we see the spiritual authority aspect as well. Verse 8, Jesus Christ. How many, I mean, we know this verse, right? But there's a reason why he said Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Let's go back to the verse before. Remember those who rule over you have spoken the word of God to you whose faith follow considering the outcome of their conduct. Next, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. As a matter of fact, what he's saying is God ain't changing his mind. He's established authority and he's not changing. Same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Verse 9. Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines, for it is good that the heart be established by grace, not with foods which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. Verse 10. We have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. He's talking about the Jews here. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned outside the camp. Verse 12. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered Outside the gate, 13. Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. 15. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Right. Now, you, when you go, what this means, when you go outside the camp, this is, where, this is where the slaughters happened. This is where Jesus was taken outside of the city of Jerusalem on that hill called Golgotha. And he was crucified for our sins. It says, let's go out there to him bearing his reproach. That means that we carry this message with us. This message of the cross. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again the third day. And Paul says, the world's, the world's thinking on that is that's foolishness. But to us who believe, it's the power of God to salvation. Hmm? So you're going to endure. You're going to endure persecutions. You're going to endure those things. But just understand this. Being that you're submitted to God, you have, therefore, authority to speak with authority. And T.L. Osborne, probably the greatest missionary of the last century, said, we owe it to this world to not only preach this gospel, but to demonstrate it. I'm saying that when you are submitted, then you have authority. When you're submitted. You can't have authority if you're not under authority. Right? So when you're under authority, then when you speak, your words carry something. Because you have someone backing you. Amen. That's good to know. You are, you are ambassadors, the scripture says, for God. And you carry this message of reconciliation. 
You're ambassadors for him. In other words, you speak on his behalf. Isn't that good to know that God is backing what you're saying? Hmm? He's backing your play. So submit to these governing authorities. Be careful about how you talk about them. Listen, I'm talking to Eric Holler too. I've let my tongue run loose from time to time. Yesterday. Maybe today. But pray for them. We need to pray for our governing authorities. Because remember, this authority is established by God. Pray for them. There are enough people who are talking nasty. Hmm? We need to be the church. We need to lead the way in speaking the right things and honoring those who have authority over us. Our lives will go in a much better direction. Amen? That's all I got, so let's stand up. Praise God. Anyone here need healing tonight? Just raise your hand where you are. I want to pray for you. Raise it up high, actually, if you would. So, okay. Now, if you're standing around someone with their hand up, would you just gently lay your hand on them? Because we, we believe we're going to exercise this authority tonight that we have in the name of Jesus to lay hands on the infirm, to lay hands on the sick, lay hands on those who are in pain. And the scripture says they will recover. Just this action right here. Because we're believers, we just lay hands. We lay hands. Thank you, Lord, for the ministry of healing right now flowing in this body tonight. That healing, God, is invading these bodies and it is removing every ailment, every sickness, every disease, every pain. Because you sent your word and you healed them and you delivered them from their destruction. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your disease, who redeems your life from destruction. We thank you for that tonight. And by his stripes, they are healed. You're healed right now. We thank you for it. And we thank you for healing springing forth speedily, a quick recovery in the name of Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Amen and amen. Praise God. Now, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and all of your house and give you peace in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.